Hi there, I'm your host Macaulay Tucker and you're listening to The Macaulay Tucker Show, the podcast where I sit down with some of the most accomplished and fascinating individuals in the entertainment and business industry. From celebrities to industry leaders, our guests offer unique perspectives and inspiring stories that will educate and inform you. Join me as I sit down with my next guest to cover their humble beginnings, challenges they face, as well as their accomplishments in life. You are bound to learn something new, so sit back and enjoy the interview. Today on the show, we'll be speaking with Field Kate. Field Kate was an actor, and now he is part of a band called Fencer. Uh, he was part of the show Pushing Daisies. He played uh, a younger version of the main character, Ned. Uh, and on this episode, we just talk about acting, uh, transitioning that topic to music, and it was just an overall great conversation. And I also got my co-host on this episode, Ruthie. So yeah, I enjoyed the show. So throughout your career, there must have been some pivotal moments that ignited your passion for your craft. And uh, we're just wondering um, if you could share a moment with us that really influenced your decision to pursue a career in acting. Well, with acting, I don't know if there was specifically a pivotal moment because I got into it when I was so young. Um, I started when I was six and I did it for about a decade. Um, I, My parents and I, we moved to LA when I was like, or maybe but they were from LA so we were just kind of moving back they had been exploring for a while I was born in Vermont and I was super into doing entertainment-esque stuff uh I was doing like ballet and stuff in in Athens Georgia um and I was like really into it and so they put me in an acting class and uh then like a manager saw me or whatever and how however all that stuff generally goes um so I don't know if there was an exact moment with that, um, with music, which is now, you know, my band has kind of been my whole thing for the last seven years or so. Um, there was definitely, I think, after I kind of got burnt out with acting, just kind of getting into high school, it was, you know, I'd been doing it for so long. So I was just losing the passion, I guess, right? You grow up and you start to find new interests and things like that. Um, and I had just done it so hard for so long. Uh, I wanted to do something in film. I wanted to like direct or write or stuff like that. And so throughout high school, that's kind of what I was messing around with. Um, and then I took a really terrible film class, which turned me off from everything entirely. And I was like, no, I'm good. So uh, I, I started a band with a friend and we just were messing around. We started writing songs. That was like really the first time I had ever even attempted to do that in my life. And, um, and I was showing them to some people around me and everyone was like, you can, you can kind of write a song. And I was like, huh, okay, I'll just do this. And that was, that was it. And then I, I met up with the guys in my current band and we've been together for, you know, since I was 19 now. So now I'm 26 in next month, which is awful. It's a very beautiful story. I mean, just like I've I speak into I've spoken to a lot of amazing people who have gone through a very similar life, you know, starting out acting like a, as a child, child actor, and then you know just kind of doing doing other things, and it's just kind of cool specifically for you going from from acting to music. And again, you've been doing it at a young age. Um, through my research, I think five years old, you were doing a lot of a lot of acting. I recently had a guy on my show who was a child actor in the '60s, um, and he was doing it since he was like a baby because he couldn't he wasn't a crier or anything like that, so they just had him do do stuff. And so one thing that really stood out to me in my research about you 
and I don't know why, but it just really stood out to me was improvisation. I'm not sure how true this is, but according to my research, you know, since you were five, uh, there was a lot of, uh, I think, uh, improvisation involved, uh, I think comedy tour, whatever like that. Um, but I was just really interested. I'm not sure if this is something that uh, was a big part of your life growing up, but uh, was there any specific moment or experience from, you know, early improv, you know, that are like, wow, this is, this, this really helps me understand acting a bit more. Has it impacted you even outside of acting, I guess, improvisation at a young age? Sure. Um, well, I did, I mean, I did improv classes growing up. I did a lot of acting classes, but I was in improv for a handful of years. Um, I don't know if there was something particularly pivotal in it. It was just kind of one of the things I did. Again, I was never like, I know that a lot of like child actors like uh, like forced into it and stuff like that. I was never forced into it. I was super down with everything that was going on. I was of course really little, so I didn't, you know, fully comprehend everything, but I was, I was into it. And so that was just, it was just one of the many things I was doing of cool. I go to auditions all the time, go to my acting classes, go to my improv classes. Um, and I think that was just fun. I mean, I don't know necessarily what I picked up from it. I was never a particularly comedic actor. Um, like I auditioned for, you know, Disney pilots and commercials constantly. And I, I would never get those because I was just far more of like a, a theatrical kid. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know. I think it's fun. Whenever I do get a chance to do improv, I think it's a good time. I love uh, I love good improv games. I um I I do drama currently in school, um, and I love improv. So I'm, I think that doing improv is pretty cool. Um, yep. But one thing that we were wondering is, um, so you did a couple commercials in your career. Um, is there like any outstanding moments or experiences in your commercial career that like have less left an impression on you or like some great memories from those that are like particularly funny or like a big mess ups or anything like that? God, I can't even remember. I know, I mean, I did, cause I would never get commercials. That was the main thing. I would audition for commercials constantly. And you had your like commercial kids who is super silly. I mean, the entire industry's changed now, but when I was doing it, every audition was in person, all of them. And it would be, you know, somewhere in LA, it'd be like downtown, which is like a, you know, gonna be during rush hour. So it's an entire day event for like your one stupid commercial audition that then they have like callbacks for, and then sometimes second callbacks for your 10 second part in this <laughs> commercial, which is completely ridiculous. Um, and so I would go to these commercial auditions constantly and there would be, and they would have like a ridiculous amount of people there. And you would have your kids who just got every single commercial who like, that was all they did. And national commercials, I don't know if you guys know, they pay unbelievably mm -hmm. well. It's like silly. Um, Cause I think you get, you get uh, residuals every single time it airs, depending on uh, the, the, networking of it or whatever um and so there would be these kids who got like you know six national commercials a year and they would just be like their parents would just be loaded and they'd be like dude they're set for life um i did so i i did a i can't even remember the other commercials i did i know i did a few of them i did a mcdonald's commercial which was the only like semi-national thing i did and for some reason, something got messed up in like the back end and it ended up only being like kind of national. I don't even know why, but like it wasn't the full thing. And even then it was, it was sick. 
It was like I went to I went to like a nice private school for like two years just off that commercial. Um, and uh, so yeah, I think that's kind of the gist of that. I did some other stuff, but it was like like there was some print work and mm. uh, there I did like a couple uh, Dianetics commercials for Scientology. Um, what? Which, resulted in me going to a Scientologist private middle school for two years, which was uh, very fun um, and interesting. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but the commercials were really never my strong suit. I mean, everything else was mostly, I, I did a lot of TV. I think that mm -hmm. was um, my main thing. Yeah, no, and I've spoken with a few people who've done commercials. I, I That's why I was going to ask about that. I've asked people, you know, you, of course, you get little goodies sometimes from the commercials, you know, things like that. And um, it's really interesting. I, I spoke with one guy who was, I think, in the first commercial for like Orbeez, which is kind of cool. Um, he was, <laughs> yeah. uh, he did the voice of um, Milo in Mars Needs Moms, which you may or may not know. It's like 2011. I'm familiar with the name. I don't think I've seen it. Yeah, it kind of, it kind of bombed in the office. They had sure. Seth Green doing the voice and then they had him come on to replace it because Seth Green didn't sound like 11 year old. So, um, but yeah, no, you mentioned TV, you know, kind, almost kind of wrapping up. Um, of course, I mentioned before, Pushing Daisies. My parents introduced that to me maybe when I was 12 or 13. We have it on DVD and just um, watching it, man. It was really neat. And um, of course, you, you've, you've, you've lived that life. You've gone through that awesome experience. And I know you've talked about it here and there, um, but it was just a really cool show. I think it's very, my personal opinion, really underrated. It's so unique and special and it must have been a really great opportunity uh even giving you experiences and lessons that could be applied to your music life now but i'd love to ask you know as you know you were in that world for that period of time you know would love to hear about you know personal transformations how, how did how, what was this like man you know interacting with the people how did it change you it's weird looking back at acting now because like i said i was so young so i really wasn't taking it in or comprehending what was going on. I wasn't like wildly successful or anything, but Pushing Daisies was, you know, a, a period of time where I did have some really decent success and cool stuff was going on. Um, and I I didn't fully understand it. I mean, I was into it, but it's, it's interesting to look back now. I think that was a really cool show. I, I'm happy that looking back in my, in my legacy of acting that like the the thing that I'm tied to, like the thing I'm known for. I mean, not even really, but mm -hmm. anyone who knows me, that's usually the thing. It is a really cool project. Um, I've I, I haven't even fully watched it back since since I was a kid, but mm -hmm. I was watching it a little bit of it with my girlfriend a couple months ago. We watched like a handful of the first few episodes because it was on like HBO Max or something, mm -hmm. and um, it's it's good. It's cool. It's very unique and colorful and um, it's it's funny, but it has purpose and stuff like that. And I don't know, it's a good cast, really good cast. So yeah. I'm I'm happy to have been a part of that. Unfortunately, it got killed by the writer's strike, mm -hmm. which is back again to yeah. greet at the moment. Um, but I don't know, I, I think it was good. I think the biggest thing that I took away from acting I, I don't think acting was a particularly positive thing for me. Mm. I don't think I had negative experiences like you hear from a lot of child actors, like from the industry or anything. Everything around that was fine. My my mom was great. The people I worked with and met, my, my managers, my agents, they were all great. Um, but it was just a weird lifestyle 
<clears throat> excuse me, to be brought up in. Mm-hmm. And I think ultimately in the long run, it kind of messed with me. My mental health, I've mm-hmm. been through a whole mental health journey in the last many years. And uh, I, I just don't think acting is the, uh, from from such a young age is a, is a very positive uh, thing on, on your brain and how how you comprehend things and uh just i don't know living this separate kind of life than everyone else i'm sure it's fine for some people and i wasn't bad i mean i'm i'm thankful for it but mm-hmm. i've definitely um kind of come into myself with with Spencer my band um so at the tail end of that you were saying that as much as you're grateful for pushing daisies uh you can also accept that like acting for you although good in some ways it has affected you not entirely negatively but not all positive um if you could like reimagine pushing daisies and turn it into a show that reflects your own life in a way how would you reimagine it sure i'd have to think about it for a long period of time um (laughs) i i don't know i think uh I, i think that one of the cool things about pushing daisies was uh and and my role assisted in this was the kind of flashback storytelling of mm. and having it be a consistent thing of just like opening many, many of the episodes with, you know, here's a little peek at this main character's childhood um, that kind of, you know, resonates with whatever the theme of the episode is kind of like, oh, how did they come from this? Why is this happening now? Well, here's the little connection or something. Um, I thought that was really cool. And I I guess, I mean, if it was a show about my life, I guess continuing with that aspect, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think my one thing with all media, whether it's TV, movies, music, especially, people are always asking like, what what kind of music do you listen to? Or what what do you, what kind of stuff do you like? I'm like, I don't know anything as long as they're doing cool things. Mm -hmm. Like if they're do, if you do something cool, and I go, oh, okay, that was a unique idea. Mm-hmm. That's that's it. That's all. I don't know. That's it for me. When I with songwriting and stuff, that's all I'm trying to do is just like, what's something unique? There's so much stuff that's very um, unmemorable, and I don't know, just kind of like, mm-hmm. it just exists. Um, and I think one of the strange things I picked up from acting was. Uh, and my name being Field, was that uh, I got this weird kind of uniqueness complex of feeling like I was always like super unique or something. And Mm -hmm. so that's obviously carried into everything I try and do art-wise by just trying to make it stand out and be different. And that's what I look for in other forms of media too. So it's kind of a non-answer to your question, but I would have to sit down and write a script for a few months to get back to you but yeah but like um youtube i know growing up uh in one of your like really older like i think 2007 maybe interview you're talking about how you do youtube and i like you of course went down the rabbit hole you have like a really old youtube channel and one thing that i and this kind of correlates with the next oh maybe question but like you did a lot of like those like which i thought was really funny kind of sidetracking you did a lot of those videos where you sped up the music 
and say and like read along. It's kind of cool because now you got TikTok, which is kind of like that, where they speed up the songs. <laughs> and so you like predicted kind of like that whole that whole thing. Wrapping up kind of the movie things, I know I want to get I we're talking about music next, but I wanted to wrap up. What this is super weird. I've never spoken with somebody, I've had like 30 plus guests. I've never had somebody who's voiced an animal in a in a film. And I'm just sure. like, I gotta, I don't know. This really I wanna I wanna know how that works. I've spoken to uh, the guy who did Porky Pig, like for all the past little bit, you know, some people like that, Andy from Toy Story, you know, a few voice actors in cartoons, but voicing an animal, what's, if you remember, like, how do you do that? What's that look like? Yeah, dude, the, the Buddies movies, I did, I think two of them were released with my voice in it, but I recorded the full movie for like four or five of them. And Ooh. they, and I'm credited on, the ones that I wasn't, they didn't end up using me and they just felt like my voice was too deep at that point. I had gotten too old. So they had someone redub uh, Buddha, which was the character I played. Um, but my my name is still all over the box and stuff and I got credited and they didn't. And I'm like, that's weird. Um, <laughs> but I think the, the two that got released, I think were Space Buddies and Santa Buddies. Um, and it was so so easy like it was so nothing i i went in <laughs> the entire movie both of them would be done in like a day early i mean my dialogue obviously i go into a booth um sit there with headphones on have my have my mic in front of me and then just go through every line that the character had in the script just back to back and uh they'd have me do it different ways they'd you know the director would tell me what he wanted out of it um they'd have me eat apples a lot because <laughs> it would my otherwise i'd get a little smacky with uh yeah. that's just like dries up your mouth um so yeah and i mean the voice i did i i've never <laughs> been able to do voices really so i mean the voice i did for those movies was just how i spoke at the time <laughs> um so i just kind of added a little bit of this to it or something so it was just kind of like it was so easy i don't know uh go in be done in a few hours and then maybe they'd have me come back and do a few pickups on a few things but i think probably across everything i did there they they were all like you know four, four or five sessions in total maybe okay. um just because and yeah i never interacted with any dogs or any of the other actors or anything i really? saw them I saw them at the premieres, um, but yeah, there was, I mean, there's no interaction with anyone. Darn. That's, yeah. I was, oh, that's too bad, man. <laughs> what, who are you bummed that I didn't get to? I don't know. It just with? sucks. Like when you're like, cause I know I've spoken to a few people, you know, doing voice acting. It's, it's kind of cool being with people. Cause you're able to like, I guess like the performance you're with somebody. It's kind of like, you know, Oh, sure. you can bounce it off. But that, that I mean, I was, I was like, huh, I wonder if it's any different than voicing a character in cartoon. But then I realized that you're just voicing it. The guys are like sinking the mouth and stuff. Well, I think, weird. I think you're giving the, the buddies movies a little too much credit here. <laughs> I don't know if that's standard uh, procedure for all voiceover roles, but um, yeah, no, there was no, um, there was no kinship between actors oh. working with each other. It was just me. Darn. Macavity, Macaulay sounds devastated by that. I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little devastated. The buddy movies for me were uh, the movies that I would rent from the library every other week. They were 
something that I watched a lot, actually. Hey, dude, Space Buddies, I think we put it on recently. It still bangs, man. <laughs> no, yeah, it's so good. I haven't seen Dog. He's a, he's a, he's a dogmanaut, they call it. <laughs> I haven't thought about them in forever. They're like the movies that are like of definitely a part of my childhood. Just don't remember them like at all. But um, you've obviously, you're going away from acting and have been for a while. Um, but your artistic journey has taken you into exploring the world of music, which is very interesting. Um, what inspired this transition specifically and how has immersing yourself into music like enriched your creative expression? I'll, I'll answer that part first. I think the it's really interesting that people are constantly comparing like the music industry and the acting and things like that. And like they're, they're similar in the aspect of being all a part of the entertainment industry, but it's always weird that I feel like, oh, actors are then becoming musicians or musicians are being actors or something because they're so ridiculously different in their approach to being quote unquote creative. Um, acting, you, you're creative, but you're not in control. You don't make the calls, you're, you're entering somebody else's vision. And then ultimate, I mean, you're bringing what you can to it, but acting is like being a session musician, basically. Um, and that's cool. That's cool of people like that. That's great. Doing music, like original music as an original artist and trying to kind of do that whole thing is, I mean, you, there are no rules. It's just, it's like the wild west. It's like, go, oh, okay, figure it out. There's no clear roadmap for success. Um, there's no what you should be doing or what you're supposed to, you don't have auditions. It would be so much easier if the music industry just had auditions you could go to constantly. Um, but it's like, you just, you have to make it all up yourself. And so the, the, the aspect of approaching it, like from a creative standpoint, I think really changes everything when you are now the producer, director, um, all the actors, everything. It's the, you're making it all from scratch. And that's what I found that I vibed with a lot more than, than acting and why, like, I don't think I would go back to acting if, if I, in the future, if there was, uh, there were opportunities that were presented because of where I'm at in music, um, for like some kind of acting role here or there or something I, i'd consider it but i i like having control that's one thing that i've i've learned quite a bit and you know i'm the front man of the band and uh i'm the the only guitarist and the lead singer and so you know we all have very very uh open and equal input on everything but like you know i i i like to have the vision and execute it the way I want to. Um, and you can't do that with acting. So I, you, you kind of can, but not not to any similar extent. Like you can just do literally whatever you want in music. That's what's so cool about it. Um, and you know, you want to make certain decisions and kind of approach it from a competitive standpoint if you want to make a career out of it, right? So they have to, you have to be conscious of that, but you can just, do anything um and then i think the other part of what you said was uh the like a big pivotal moment or something or when that happened I, it was kind of what i was saying before of like you know starting that band and, and kind of learning about songwriting and that i could write songs and stuff like that um 
and just, you know, I didn't want to go to college. I hated school. I hated school so much. And it didn't seem particularly beneficial for music or acting or anything like that. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to, I don't know anything about any of this. I'm just going to like saturate myself in the industry for the next five years and see what happens. And that was incredibly beneficial because now you, you still really never know anything. Um, we're all complete idiots, but I, I feel like I'm kind of starting to figure figure some stuff out. And we've had some really, really close calls of success consistently. So it's um, it's been an encouraging process to kind of keep us going. It's wonderful just to see all this amazing music, you know, Fencer. I, w- I was just, I was listening through this and it's just, it's just super cool. You know, it gets me going and I'm like, it's really wonderful to see that you're at this point where you where you're, you're satisfied, you're happy. You've gone to this point where you're able to produce um, content that you enjoy, you know, g- from going like from YouTube to, to movies, you know, to now making music. It's really interesting. And I was listening, you know, your music often touches on themes, you know, of seeking, you know, refuge and creating a sanctuary, things like that. Um, some really amazing songs listening through it today. I'd love to hear, you know, could you share how these themes resonate with your own experiences and the impact they have on your artistic, you know, expression? Yeah. A lot of our songs are oriented around mental health um, and kind of navigating a lot of that. Uh, When I got into my early twenties, I started really kind of um, dealing with a lot of issues related to that. And so I had to, kind of figure out a, a I had a whole journey of figuring that out and am still doing so every day um I have something called borderline personality disorder which not fun not a fun thing to deal with so it's been kind of a process of doing that I also I'm a, I'm a life coach uh part-time now too um just because I have a lot of experience learning about mental health and many years of therapy so I'm actually very excited that I can share that with you know other punk ass teenagers and stuff who need it um but yeah our, our our music is very much oriented around that um and that's i guess i mean each song has its own kind of theme going on but a lot of it is about borderline um that was a really talk about pivotal things that was a really pivotal thing for me to learn about myself um when i was like 21 or something or 22 and uh that that changed a lot of how I I deal with things in my head. So there's a lot of uh, our music that's kind of about that and the lyrics are kind of revolving around those things. I hope, my hope with Fencer is that I can create a platform where I can just be super, super vocal about that stuff. Cause luckily we're in a time, right? That like, and people say this all the time, but it's like nowadays people care a little bit more about mental health than they used to. And there's less stigma around it, which is totally true. And I think that's um, mostly a good thing. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, lyrics are always the very last thing we do with the songs. Like I often will write them Cameron, our drummer, he'll be like, Hey, I have, I have the mics ready to record vocals. And I'm like, Oh shit. Okay. Give me, give me 10 minutes. I got to write lyrics. He's like, you still haven't finished lyrics. I'm like, no. Um, but that I think pulls some creativity out of it too, uh, which I enjoy. I think it's a really awesome that not only you and your band, but just people in general can feel so comfortable and 
just not that it's a bad thing, but just are willing to pour their heart and soul and all their feelings into something that they are creating, whether it's music like you're doing or if it's acting for someone or if it's like physical art. Um, but earlier you said that you do life coaching and stuff like that on the side. Um, and we're wondering um, from like your experiences, what do you think is like an important and like crucial quality that someone needs to possess to like empower and inspire their clients when coaching through life? And what do you think makes a good coach? I think it's different for everyone. Um, and I think the funny thing about it is like just kind of acknowledging that really no one knows what they're talking about. Really no, it, I'm not in your head. I, you know, I know the things that have worked and that I've learned from my experiences but that's not the same for everybody. And that's not going to work the same for everybody. There's so much involved in like upbringing and, you know, the way you, your brain processes information and kind of, uh, you know, thought patterns and stuff like that. Um, I think, I think knowing that is a really important thing um, in trying to, I don't know, coach somebody else. I also think just being super real about everything sounds weird, but like trying to just allow the person to be super open and honest, make fun of things and, and just kind of, I don't know, relate to them on a level of like, you know, how it's, it's easier. I think for, for me with kids who are kind of like teenagers and stuff, because I, I can kind of guide them through things and, um, you know, share a lot of techniques I've learned and tools and DBT skills and things like that, that maybe they haven't looked at before. So I don't know. And being a coach, you know, must be really fulfilling, you know, being able to, to help people. I, I really appreciate that too. That's what I enjoy about uh, conversations uh, for, on this show is just sitting down and hearing people's life um, just with the end goal of educating young people in a way you're helping people understand the world around them you know before they take a big step into something they want to do um and you know it's really also cool to see that you're you're taking your music and kind of taking this coaching and kind of putting it together you're co i guess you could say you're coaching people through the music in a sense you know you're you're making people aware of these of these things the life and you know with that fencer you do have any like really fun little projects coming up um i was just really cool again and really awesome music man uh, kudos to you just being able to do all this really cool stuff and um in i believe you know in this area that you're at you can get you're definitely going to get a lot more people following and checking this out thank you man i appreciate it yeah um well we just put out our our first album our debut album in uh in february so we're still very excited about that you should go check it out self-titled censored um and we did that entirely ourselves we produced the entire thing uh engineered it all just us i had one guy mix the whole thing so it was like a very small personnel and we were very proud of that um and yeah i mean obviously we play all the time in la we tour as much as we can we have um a couple decent cool things set up for like um midwest and east coast later this year that has not been announced yet but um that will be coming eventually canada you know what it's probably as far as going out of country that's probably the first place we'll go because again the other two guys in the band <clears throat> are brothers and they're both canadian 
incredibly Canadian. And there, so I, I imagine that will um, definitely happen. But yeah, if you, I mean, if you're in America, you know, keep, keep, uh, keep up to date on our socials. We tour and we play all the time. <clears throat> Sorry, I played a show last night and I'm like, <laughs> voice is going out. But um, yeah, we're working on new stuff. I mean, we're constantly working on new stuff and there will be new releases soon. The next single and video are already ready to go. We're just kind of, you know, getting everything ready on the back end to do a little push. Mm -hmm. But yeah, as I always like to, you know, conclude the conversations, you know, what is one thing that you would like to pass on to any number of the people listening to this point, you know, of our conversation that you believe will impact them and, you know, help them in their everyday life? Oof. Um, talk to somebody. Be, be, and again, it's different for everyone, but mm -hmm. for me, the biggest thing that has been the most kind of, we've said pivotal a lot in this conversation, but I'll say it again, like the most pivotal thing in my entire life is just being like ridiculously open with how I'm feeling to people around me um, and being able to just verbalize and have that emotional awareness and just share it constantly because for me feeling understood and having other people understand what I'm feeling is super important to, to me being able to exist. Mm -hmm. So there are lots of people, especially with coaching who like, you know, maybe have that outlet with like one parent or something, or just with me as their coach or like, don't talk to their friend. I'm like, I have constructed my life around the, the handful of close people that I have and that I like keep in my circle, I can be open with them about anything all the time. And that is crucial to uh, my survival. So that's what I recommend. I think that's an incredible thing. And I think a lot of people don't prioritize that. But to each their own. 